For the fans in the Midwest, but heard coast to coast. The ones that bleed red and yellow. This is the Another Screenplay Chiefs Podcast. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Another Screenplay Chiefs Podcast over on Blog Talk Radio. As always, I am your host, Travis, and I'd like to apologize for all of the uh, crazy scheduling going on over the last uh, week. Uh, I went out to California to visit my buddy who moved out there this last summer and completely forgot to schedule the Friday episode to go out to you guys, and so we missed on that one. And then I didn't get back till Monday night late, so I hadn't had a chance to really watch the game outside of the... Uh, original airing until uh, about Tuesday so wanted to watch the game a little more before I you know put out something to you guys so today we're gonna be talking about the Steelers game and what went wrong what we learned from it and we're also going to be having a little a little bit of Raiders talk so this will be your uh, before the Raiders game podcast as well so it might be a little longer than usual Um, but one of the main things that I noticed after this game, it, it was basically an argument of Alex Smith and whether or not he had something to do with this loss. Um, you saw a lot of the real Alex Smith defenders uh, doing everything they can to say that he basically kept him in the game, uh, which was true in the last uh, quarter. But Alex Smith definitely really struggled in this game. And I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, this whole game is on Alex Smith because it's not. It, it is a little bit of everything. And it, much like the playoff game against the Steelers, which, to be honest, I thought that, you know, there was a joke being played on me that I was watching the playoff game until, you know, every once in a while I would see Kareem Hunt come in and realize that, nope, we're just doing all the same stuff that we did against them in the playoffs. And I guess the chiefs just did not learn their lesson. And, you know, a lot of that has to go on the coaching staff, you know, with Andy Reed, Bob Sutton, all those guys. And it it was just a really disappointing game. Um, You know, I was really wanting to be able to cheer on my chiefs. You know, I was out in Raider and uh, chargers area So I was, you know, I had the Chargers and Raiders game going on alongside the Chiefs game at the bar that we went to. And, you know, the whole place was just packed of Raiders and Chargers fans. And, you know, real loud, especially the Raiders fans were just extremely loud. And so the only real good thing about that experience was getting to watch the Chargers fans kind of rub it in the Raiders fans' face after being pretty quiet, you know, for the full game. But it it was just a very big letdown. And, you know, I wanted to be able to be there and, you know, talk a little bit of trash. You know, I don't, I don't, that was my first time going out to California. So I wanted to get the experience of a little bit of trash talking on some Raiders and Chargers fans. But, you know, I couldn't really do that. And, you know, when they play that bad and look that bad, you know, it, it just... Just all around a very disappointing game. Um, you know, I, w- I want to go over, I'll go over the offense, I'll go over the defense, uh, you know, what we saw that was the same, the coaching, and then we'll get into the Raiders talks. But there's definitely some uh, key points I want to bring up to you guys, and hopefully I'll get some of your guys' feedback on that on Twitter, Facebook, however you get a hold of me. But uh, we'll talk a little more on that after the Raiders game, probably, as this will be your intro to the Thursday night game. But all in all, you know, it's the same discussion as the playoff game, whether or not, or I guess I should say, whether it, it the game was lost because of the offense or because of the defense. And I sit where I sat with the playoff game. Look. Everybody that's blaming the defense, I get it. I get that it was another game where Le'Veon Bell was able to run all over us and, you know, it it was a very ugly run-stopping performance by the defense and, you know, Antonio Brown uh, had a pretty good game. But 
you know, at the same time, Antonio Brown, like most of his stuff came from that one touchdown that was just like a fluke play. And you sit here and say that Alex Smith kept you in that game. No, the defense kept you into that game, but until the offense decided they wanted to get up and going. The offense didn't do anything until the fourth quarter, okay? The only reason they even had three points was because after the um, after after the uh, safety against the Chiefs because of a bad snap by Fulton and went over Smith's head, they punted it to you know for this after the safety and. Jehu Chesson was able to scoop it up and give them an opportunity. And the defense also got an interception in that game. Couldn't do anything with it. First quarter of the game, Marcus Peters gets a a pick. And what did the Chiefs do? They went three and out. It, it It was very ugly. In fact, the offense only had six total yards in the first half with Kareem Hunt only getting four carries. And that's something I definitely want to talk about, is the fact that, once again, just like in the playoff game, Andy Reid decided to go away from the run and try and beat the Steelers in the pass game. And it's very frustrating because, you know, the the playoff game is still burned into our memories, and it's still very, very uh, open wound. And... You know, it, it's still very frequent that I don't understand why Andy Reid would go away from the run once again. You know, all season we've seen, even against the Houston Texans where the run game was really struggling, even against the Philadelphia Eagles, run game struggling, but he kept feeding Hunt. And even though he, Andy Reid was kind of hesitant, you know, and not calling as many run plays and giving him the ball much in the Eagles game, He kept with it in the fourth quarter, but that was not the case this time. And we've seen what happens when Andy Reid goes away against the run. It's never good. You know, even before this year, in games that Andy would just completely forget about the run game and try and win with the pass, they usually turn up in losses and very ugly games. And it was very, very frustrating, you know, Hunt ended the day with nine carries. Nine carries for 21 yards. He did have five receptions for 89 yards, which led the receiving. That is bad. Okay, no game should Kareem Hunt only get nine carries. No no real game. I mean, there's going to be games where you have a running back, especially in this offense, that... The running back leads the team in receiving yards. But, I mean, the next, the drop-off was big. You know, the next guy down was DeAnthony Thomas, who had three for 61 and a touchdown. And most of that came on that big touchdown play. So, you have guys like Kelsey, who was four for 37. You had guys like Hill, who was five for 34. And so, that's another way I want to look at Alex, you know, in his performance and how it was part of the reason we lost. You know, I, once again, I'm not putting full blame on Alex. I think that there's a, plenty of blame to go around the full team. It was a team and coaching effort. But Alex Smith definitely had his struggles. And one of the arguments that a lot of people like to give for, you know, the guys that just truly love Alex Smith and think he can do no wrong is that, well, he was under pressure all day. Okay, what game this year, other than the first game of the year, have we seen Alex Smith not be under pressure for most of the game? You know, we saw it against Philly. We saw it against Los Angeles. We saw it against the Redskins. We saw it against, you know, Houston. Alex Smith has been under pressure almost the entire year. The problem was... We saw like what we saw in week three against the Chargers that he got happy feet. There was multiple times that he got happy feet and left a clean pocket. There was 
multiple bad throws. There was multiple bad reads. There, I think that he overthrew Robinson two or three times. He overthrew Kelsey on a big play. In fact, going back to Robinson, I went back and watched the film, and I was, you know, because Robinson only had one for 16 yards. And so I was I was going back to look, and I wanted to look at him anyway since he was kind of filling in for uh, Conley, but Ro- Robinson was beating his guy most of the time. Alex Smith was just either not looking at him, not going through his reads like he should in a clean pocket, instead trying to run with it, or throwing to a check down when someone else is wide open, and if he would have taken the time to go through his reads the times that he actually had time, this ball game could be completely different. There was multiple throws that were overthrown that could have been touchdowns. At least two of those could have been touchdowns. The Travis Kelsey one, it wouldn't have been a touchdown, but it would have been a key first down. And so that's something that's very frustrating. Um, You know, Alex, I'm not going to sit here and say that Alex Smith didn't try to go deep. He, he had eight eight passes between 10 and 20 yards, completed three of them. He had uh, three passes for over 20 yards, completed the one. So it's very frustrating when you see the old habits come back. You see the happy feet and trying to escape the pocket when the pocket is clean still when you still have time to go through your reads and give your guys a chance to make a play or guys are just wide open and you just completely miss them. Or there was key times where he completely read the defensive wrong. The blitz is wrong and reacted terribly. So, you know, you want to sit here and say that Alex Smith kept you in the game. Alex Smith kept you in the game, maybe in the fourth quarter, but in the first three quarters, the defense was what kept us in this game only allowing the Pittsburgh Steelers 17 points because the other two points came off that safety from the offense. Even after Marcus Peters got that interception, what was it? I think I already stated this, but still, three and out. Okay? the it, It's frustrating. And you, you even look at the final drive when Alex Smith started to get something going. And yes, I will give him some credit. Usually, or at least usually, I would give him some credit because in the last drive, you know, we went into this game with Conley and Wilson out. That's two of your top three receivers. Then Tyreek Hill gets hurt on the punt return after a, in my opinion, very dirty hit uh, to the helmet. Uh, Very hard hit. He was, you know, kind of banged up after the play. Didn't come in. So so Alex Smith's receivers were D'Anthony Thomas. Demarcus Robinson and Marcus Kemp. Marcus Kemp is not on the team anymore now that we had to bring back Spiller. But going into that drive, we have to score a touchdown. We are down by six. The defense just gave you a great opportunity to get the ball back. You have two minutes left, no timeouts. So how does this go? We had an overthrown pass to Robinson. Third down was a sack. And then fourth down was a throw into traffic that was no way, shape, or form going to be complete. It was ugly. And, you know, we, we sit here and we talk about the offensive line struggles. Yes, it did. It did struggle once again against this Pittsburgh uh, pass rush. But, you know, it, it, like I said, we, we've seen pressure every week outside of week one. So the four games prior to that, Alex Smith was under pressure. And for at least three of those, he was able to escape the pocket and make a play. Keep his eyes up and downfield. He was not able to do that in this game. And that's on Alex. Yes, there's definitely some stuff that was on the defense. Irving and Schwartz seem to have some miscommunication. Uh, We're not really in sync with each other, missing blitzes. Uh, Fulton had a bad snap. Uh, Fisher struggled a little bit. But still, I mean, it just, 
it's nothing new. And it's something that really is concerning when you got an even better pass rush, or at least Cleo Mack and Irvin, I guess, uh, this coming week. And it's something that I think will be okay. I think that the Chiefs will kind of bounce back. I think that they, I definitely think that they can beat the Raiders. I have no doubt in my mind about that, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but overall, Alex Smith, 19 for 34, 246 yards and a touchdown, sacked three times. Just, just a bad day. And I'm not sitting here trying to completely bash on Alex Smith. You know, I, I don't sit really on either side of the argument. I think that Alex Smith is a good quarterback. I don't think that he's garbage. I think that he's just conservative and he goes back to old ways. I think that he's been a great quarterback this year and just had a bad game. But to sit here and say that Alex Smith did not have a bad game and this was all in the defense is just completely wrong in my opinion. And, you know, to put that in perspective... I don't care if Le'Veon Bell ran for 350 yards on Sunday. I don't care. As long as the Chiefs were able to keep them at 17 points. I don't care what the yards are. And that's something that you guys tend to forget is the fact that Bob Sutton's defense is a bend-don't-break defense. This is nothing new. This is what we've been watching since I came over in 2013 and you're going to give up a bunch of yards, but you don't give up a bunch of points. And that's what we saw. 19 points. Only 17 of those were given up by the defense. And one of those was on a very fluke play. Okay? So, if, if Philip Gaines or his face mask could catch a football or even swat it away... We might be looking at this as another victory, talking about how the Chiefs uh, had another ugly win and are now 6-0 instead of 5-1. and It was it was just a fluke play. You know, it bounced off uh, Gaines' face mask, went up and into the arms of Antonio Brown for a touchdown, and Daniel Sorensen missed the tackle. He should have tackled him right away. Didn't get it done. So... You know, we, we saw Antonio Brown line up over Gaines quite a bit. But the thing that really uh, frustrated me with the defensive side was the fact that Bob Sutton had all of his corners playing way off the line and leaving plenty of room for the Steelers receivers. So usually Terrence Mitchell lines up on the line of scrimmage and is a press man corner. Not in this game. For the most part of this game, we saw our corners playing very loose coverage. Basically saying, yeah, we'll let you take those uh, those you know little shots down the field and you know the intermediate routes, but we're not going to let you go deep. That is so frustrating. I do not think that Antonio Brown would have had the game that he had if we would have let Terrence Mitchell play up on the line of scrimmage. I don't think that... Uh, the Steelers' offense would have been on the field nearly as much if we were playing press coverage, not letting them have five yards worth of room so that they're wide open for Ben Roethlisberger to hit. Ben Roethlisberger has been having a terrible season. Their offense has failed to get anything going really until this week when they came and played the Kansas City Chiefs. So... You know, you you look at it and, you know, that that's definitely something that is pinned on the defense. But once again, if the defense holds any team to 17 points, I expect the Chiefs offense to be able to beat that. I expect this Chiefs offense to be able to get at least 20 points per game. Otherwise, I'm blaming it on the offense. I, I, I think that it is ridiculous to sit here and blame the defense. I don't give a crap how many yards they gave up. They allowed 17 points. And, you know, to Bob Sutton's side of the blame, you know, we talked about, we just talked about how 
All our corners were playing very loose coverage, very off the line of scrimmage. But, and, and, and you know, it showed. It showed. It, I, I was looking at the, the stats and I was charting the throws. And Roethlisberger threw eight passes between 10 and 20 yards, completed six of them for 155 yards and a touchdown to Antonio Brown. That is very frustrating. He had two throws over 20, and one was a catch for 30 yards. That shows how loose of coverage. This wasn't a, you know, Mitchell and Gaines were just getting completely torn up and beat all day long. Each of them had a bad play where they bit when they shouldn't have. But overall, this game was... Very loose coverage. It wasn't, you know, just our deep safeties or corners getting beat. It was just loose coverage. And then you you look at the against the run game, and they did exactly what they did against us last time. And even Tony Romo was on there saying exactly what the Steelers' offense was doing. Whenever the Chiefs' defense would come out with two down linemen, especially when you had Daniel Sorensen in the box next to DJ, they ran the ball. They spread you out, and they run the ball. And a lot of what they did was they forced the interior linemen inside and then took the left tackle, or the right tackle, excuse me, the right tackle and either a tight end or a running back to block Houston, which... Got so many huge gaping holes. It, it was unbelievable. And then when the Chief, Chiefs uh, defense started in the second half, they started coming out with bigger sets. They started coming out with three or four down linemen. And that's when the Steelers would pass the ball. And something that really frustrates me is that, well, I, I guess there's a few things. One, we're one of the very few teams that pretty much consistently plays in nickel and dime sets. We constantly, constantly have five to six defensive backs on the field. We're not a team that loads up the box. Usually we got about six guys in the box. And it's frustrating. A team like this where you have to stop Le'Veon Bell. And a lot of the times you don't even have another linebacker next to DJ. You have Daniel Sorensen, and I'm sorry, I've talked about how I like Daniel Sorensen up in the box, but the only time I like him up there is a, either if he's going to blitz or coverage. When he's going against the run, he gets beat almost every time. And we we saw against the Steelers, the offensive line was able to get to that second stage and just completely knock Sorensen out of the out of the play. And push DJ out of the play. And, you know, we, we've talked about getting Reggie Raglan, how he's supposed to be that thumper and supposed to be this big uh, help to our run defense, which, one, your run defense is going to give up quite a bit of yards playing the way they do. I don't care if you bring in a thumper like Reggie Raglan, but the part that made me just absolutely infuriated was the fact that Raglan was basically hesitating. He was waiting and being patient to wait for Bell to come to him. And that's not, I guarantee you that is on Sutton. I guarantee you that Sutton was the one that coached him into doing that. So instead of Raglan playing that thumper role where he goes in and plugs up the holes and gets off linemen to get a tackle in the backfield, you had Raglan waiting. Why? I get the fact that Bell is a very patient back and will wait for something to open up. But that's giving time for the offensive line to make more holes and get to the second stage of linebackers. And you look at how almost every week our leading tacklers are our safeties and cornerbacks. That means that the plays are getting to this the level of the safeties. That's bad. That is very bad. And it is very frustrating because you should be seeing your linebackers for the most part with the most tackles. And we're not seeing that. 
this year. I definitely didn't see it in this last game. Now, I'm not going to completely bash on Sorensen. Sorensen had some really good plays in this game. But when he is put up in the box against the run, it is miserable to watch. And not only that, but the poor tackling by the Chiefs defense. I mean, there were so many times that we saw the defense get into the backfield and not be able to bring Bell down, be getting at his feet, and he just hops right out of it. That's something that's got to get fixed if you want your run game to get better. And, um, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about was the fact I want, I want to know your guys' opinion on this. Um, I've waited a little bit to kind of bring it up to see if it would get better. But Derek Johnson does not look like himself this year. And, you know, I know that this is his, you know, second injury. Um, but, you know, and he came back real quick. He recovered real, real quick to get back for this season. But he he's lost a step. And he's slower. He's late to hit the holes. He's missing tackles. There's plays that, you know, he hesitates to go attack a hole and then corrects himself too late. It's not the same DJ that we're used to watching. And it's something I did not want to talk about because I don't want to think of a going to watch a Chiefs game without Derek Johnson. But, you know, I talked in the preseason about how I wondered if they were training Rameek Wilson up to take over DJ's spot for probably next year or maybe late this year or at least be cycling in and out. But I, I am I am like you guys. I'm very confused on the middle linebacker position. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with DJ. He's not who he used to be. He He's not getting much better. Yes, I will... I'm not going to say that they should just completely take him out of the game now, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. And, you know, you got Raglan who finally got a decent amount of snaps, but he wasn't able to do what he does best. He wasn't able to plug up holes. He wasn't able to chase after the running back. He was waiting. Okay. You also had Pierre Lewis in there for 18 snaps. And I think that, I think Pierre Lewis is another guy that they are trying to trust and to train for that possible DJ role. I think that Pierre Lewis probably has the most sideline to sideline speed and uh, one of the best at uh, coverage. Uh, but, you know, it, it's really confusing. And I know a lot of you guys have been asking about, you know, where's Rameek Wilson? And... You know, I've, I've talked about how Pierre Lewis and, um, you know, Leagueway and stuff, they have special teams uh, contributions. So, of course, they're going to get those, um, you know, they're going to be in the game. And they're, they're not going to be, you know, on the inactive list. And I think that that's part of why Rameek Wilson is on the inactive list. One, that he's not a special teamer. And they brought in Raglan to play alongside DJ. But I'm starting to get confused on, you know, if, excuse me, if they're going to, you know, have Rameek Wilson take over that spot. I, I, I'm just as confused as you guys are at this point because I thought that in the preseason and the first, you know, week, maybe two, he was looking really good. He was looking a lot better than last year. You know, he was attacking well, he wasn't hesitating. Uh, he got into the backfield. So I'm with you guys right now. I am very confused on that situation. Um, but it is something we do have to keep an eye on is whether or not DJ is going to keep being that role. And if he's going to get back to himself, because a lot of, a lot of these games, he is looking like he's lost a step and a pretty good one. So it's something to keep an eye on. But let's let's switch over to the the outside linebackers. D Ford had a sack in the first drive, putting the Steelers out of field goal range. Great. Outside of that, I didn't see a whole lot. Um, 
the the whole defense failed to get pressure outside of that sack. It, it was just like the playoff game, and the Chiefs were not able to get pressure on Ben. Ben had all day to throw for most of the game. In fact, for Justin Houston, in the last 12 games, he's only had two games without a pressure, and both of those are against the Steelers. And the Steelers had their backup right tackle in. But I told you earlier how they were kind of taking Houston out of play by pushing the interior lineman on the inside and using the right tackle and either a tight end or a running back to help with Justin Houston. But D Ford was not able to uh, get any kind of rush again. You know, you, you see Houston getting this extra attention and Ford's not able to compensate. And I get that he just came back from an injury, um, you know, but I'm, I'm not fully sure and I think that this is a kind of 50-50 or however you want to split it up but it's I think that both of these things were a part of uh Sunday's game Ford and Zombo basically split the snaps almost completely down the middle and I know a lot of people are gonna say a lot of you guys are gonna say that it's because they're trying to ease Ford back and I I think that some of, of it is that at the same time I wonder how much of it, though, is the Steelers have a great run game with Le'Veon Bell. And Frank Zombo, whether whether you think so or not, he's better against the run than D. Ford is. And, you know, I've talked with uh, Kyle Herrick on here. You know, you heard him last episode. And him and I go back and forth a little bit on this subject because he he's a little more, I guess forgiving of d ford um i've had just about enough with d ford honestly um i think ford is a li- he's a liability in the run game um i think that he is terrible at setting an edge and that's something that kyle and i go back and forth on um i th- I, th- I think that he is piss poor at setting the edge honestly and you know we saw a little bit a little bit of that in this game and, you know, we talk about how, you know, I, I've, I've told you guys how the the teams like to run at D Ford. And, you know, I know a lot of that is because Justin Houston's on the other side. But, I mean, good Lord. You know, you had uh, maybe 12 runs to the right side, I think it was. It, out of all the runs, there was 12 of them that went to the right side and you know so you you look at it and the rest of those runs you know another 20 carries went to that left side and 13 of those went outside the tackle Le'Veon Bell was making big money outside of his left tackle because D Ford could not set an edge I mean it, it it's something that it's it's one I guess it's one of those things that I look at and you know I don't I think that they can do better and find someone better for that position whether it's in the draft or free agency after this season and you know especially with if if Alex Smith goes in the offseason that frees up a lot of money you can spend money on that position I think that there's plenty of um talent especially coming out of the drafts nowadays that you can pick up a pass rusher to play that side that can at least be average against the run game because d ford is not even average and in my opinion i think they need to go out this this offseason and find someone that can play that spot and you know this is probably going to be tom Bahali's last year now that he's supposed to be coming back soon and i i think that even old tom Bahali is better against the run than D Ford is extremely better, you know, last season. So, you know, Houston had a bad game, especially for, you know, his talent level, but overall, you know, you you just look at this game and you're just like, man, this was the exact same thing as the playoffs. Like, did we just not learn our lesson? Did the coaching not learn their lesson? Did, Did we not prepare very well? Um, you know, another thing that I saw a lot of talk about, and I wanted to ask you guys what your opinion on about this, Marcus Peters had a pretty good day 
in coverage. But his tackling is becoming a problem. We, we saw a couple times where instead of tackling the receiver, he completely just goes away from trying to tackle him and trying to strip the ball, allowing the guy to get another 10, 15 yards. It, it, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, I get that you want to make a big play and be that guy that makes those big plays, but what are the odds of getting that fumble? Take the damn tackle. Quit trying to over... Do your job. Quit trying to get that big play when all you need is a tackle right there. You know, I get that, you, you know, you're going to try and uh, strip the ball here and there, but if you're just completely going against the tackle and not even trying to tackle the guy, that's a problem. And, and we've seen this over the last few games, uh, especially in the games that Marcus Peters struggled, you know, especially against the Redskins. So... Definitely let me know what you guys think on Marcus Peters. Um, I think that, you know, of course, it was loose coverage that game. But overall, he shut down that side. But, you know, we we, we, we got to figure out this tackling problem because, you know, receivers are going to come across to that side of the field, whether Marcus Peters is covering them or not. And if he's not even going to try and tackle, dear Lord. I mean, I was I was screaming at the TV at Buffalo Wild Wings in California. So uh, let me know what you guys think about that. But the good parts of the defense, the defense did step up big in the second half. There was a lot of third downs that were very, you know, very key plays that they came up big. And, you know, like I think the first Steelers drive was a three and out, if I remember right, in the second half. But, you know... Once again, the defense gave the offense every opportunity to win this game. You know, the the touchdown to Antonio Brown didn't come till 3 minutes and 34 seconds left in the game. So, it was a very close game up to that point. It was still, you know, 12 points for the Steelers. And two of those, you know, of course, was the safety. So, outside of that big fluke play... They had only gotten 10 points so far until almost the end of the game. And then the Chiefs go down and they get a field goal, send it back to the Steelers. And on third down, the the Chiefs use their last timeout after Eric Murray makes a huge play on Le'Veon Bell to swat the ball away and leave the Chiefs offense pretty much with two minutes left. And, you know, I, I told you about, you know, what they did with that that drive. So it's very frustrating that, you know, the defense was able to keep them in this game and the offense just couldn't do it. And there's an, another, you know, with Eric Murray, it's very confusing to me that you would only have him in for 13 snaps this game. You know, we've seen a lot more of him since Barry's injury, except for this game. And... It's definitely very confusing to me, um, especially if you're not going to be playing three safeties. I don't understand why Sorensen's down in the box instead of somebody like Raglan or Rameek Wilson if he was active. Um, but it, it's definitely something concerning. And, you know, switching over to the Raiders game come Thursday night, I really think that I think the Chiefs will bounce back. I really do. And I think that... Uh, we'll have a lot better of a game, but I I do wonder if the Raiders are going to take advantage of what they saw against the Steelers about spreading out our defense and exploiting some of that. You know, Lynch hasn't had a good season. In fact, the only two good games he's had were the first two against the Titans and the Jets. Okay, outside of that, he's been very quiet. He's not beast mode. And I, I told you guys that before the season started that I don't think that he's going to be the same player. I don't think that he's going to be beast mode. And, in fact, their second running back is having, you know, a lot more success than he is. You know, you know their speed back. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, honestly. But um, I wonder how much the Raiders are going to try and take advantage of that. Because just like the Steelers, they have a really good offensive line. But... 
the the thing with the Raiders is one, their defense is crap. Uh, Sean Smith actually just got benched um, for last game, and you know everybody was hyping up because honestly a beast mode uh, coming to Oakland, and outside of that, I think that you know that that was the main factor of hyping up the Raiders, and because they just had a twelve and four season, and it only got you know stopped because of Derek Carr getting hurt, and. Derek Carr got hurt this year, and I think that they rushed him back. I do. I They said that it was going to be a two- to six-week injury. He was out for two. They brought him back immediately. And I don't think that he's fully recovered. I think that we saw against the Chargers, he was definitely not himself. Uh, he didn't have a good game. And they lost to the Chargers. And you, you want to sit here and you want to blame the fact that they're 2-4 and four because Derek Carr got hurt. They've lost two games with him. Okay? You you want to talk about that Buffalo game. He got hurt late in that game against Denver. They would have lost that game with Derek Carr. That offense was awful. Okay? Against the Redskins. That, that would have been a loss. Or, uh, sorry, that was a loss. And Derek Carr was in. Against the Chargers, Derek Carr was in. The only full game that Derek Carr was not in was one. One game that they lost. So, I'm not really afraid of the Raiders. And especially now that the Chiefs just got punched right in the mouth at home and now have to take a short week to Oakland. I think that if there's any, any game that I am comfortable with on a short week going on the road it's to Oakland and yes it's a divisional game and the Raiders have a good offense I guess if you want to say uh Amari Cooper has been dropping passes left and right uh Crabtree has been okay I guess um he's been better but he was even out for a game he was out against Denver and so Without Lynch being beast mode, with Amari Cooper playing way under his potential, um, Carr being hurt and coming back way too early, I don't have really many fears for this Oakland Raiders team. And, you know, we, we can sit here and talk about how they might exploit the same thing that the Steelers did against our Chiefs defense with the run game. Their running backs are nowhere near as good as Steelers. Not... No, you know, in fact, the Steelers overall are a better team than the Raiders on all counts. I will take pretty much every position over the Raiders for the Steelers. Okay, I will take Ben Roethlisberger over Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is overrated. I think you take away those short passes and he's screwed like we've seen against the Redskins and against the Broncos. They took away those short slant routes. And Derek Carr was pretty much useless and really struggled. You you look at the running backs, Le'Veon Bell, take him all day against Lynch. I'll take Antonio Brown and I guess you want to say Martavis Bryant against Amari Cooper and Crabtree. I'll take that. Tight ends, toss it up, whichever heads or tails. Okay. Offensive line. That one's a little more hard to say, but I'd probably go with the Steelers line, and I'll definitely take the Steelers defense. The only person on the defensive side of the ball that I would take over their position is Cleo Mack for the Raiders. So I am not scared of this Raiders team, especially since the Chiefs have the Raiders number. Especially Bob Sutton has Derek Carr's number. Derek Carr is 1-5 against the Chiefs. And... I think that the Chiefs are going to continue that streak to 13 straight wins in the AFC West. I really do. And uh, I, th- I think they'll have a bounce back week. I think that um, we're going to get we're going to see Robinson get a little more involved. We're going to see Smith have a better game. We're going to see Hunt get more carries against a defense that is garbage. Just, you know, everyone was sitting here saying this is the team to beat New England in New England. 
yet they have been awful. And, you know, the defense is the same thing. Nothing's really changed on that side of the ball. It's still garbage. And Amari Cooper's struggling. Derek Carr came back from an injury way too early. Marshawn Lynch is nothing what he was expected to be. Although I, like I said, did not expect for him to be Marshawn Lynch beast mode. So I'm not scared of this game really. And, um, you know, I don't want to jinx it, knock on wood, but I really do think that, especially with the Chiefs getting hit in the mouth this last week, I think that they are going to put a hurting on the Oakland Raiders. And I think that Kareem Hunt is the perfect way to do it. I think that Andy Reid and Alex Smith need to get the ball to their playmakers, including Hunt. And they need to get the ball to Kelsey, to Hill, and now Robinson. And, you know, I I don't... I don't really know what to fully expect, but I definitely expect it to be a much better game than what we saw on Sunday. And something that is kind of good, um, I guess not really good, but that will be interesting to watch. Um, Charkendrick West will not be in this game since he went through concussion protocol. He is not eligible to play on Thursday night, which is why they brought in CJ Spiller, who I think is going to be your, you know, he might be that third down back kind of guy but I think that um you know like um like the chief said that you know Matt Nagy the uh offensive coordinator we're gonna see a hunt combo for the most part against the Raiders we're gonna see Akeem and Kareem Hunt splitting carries and you know of course Kareem Hunt will get you know the bulk load of those but we, we will get another glimpse at Akeem Hunt and I'm kind of excited about that I want to see what the kid can do um, you know, I've liked what I've seen so far, uh, but I think that's something to definitely look at. I think that the, um, the Chiefs defense will have a better game. I think we'll see Mitchell be playing up on the line of scrimmage more often, not playing the loose coverage like we saw against the Steelers. I think that Justin Houston will be able to get back there. I think that the best way to what we always do against this Raiders offense and taking away those short routes and forcing Derek Carr to beat you deep and trusting your safeties and corners to be able to make a play. And it's worked up until now. It's how we beat the Raiders every single time because, like I said, you take away those short passes and Carr is completely just non-existent. He doesn't have a good deep ball. His intermediate is okay, but you take away that short game, he has one of the fastest releases in the NFL, if not the fastest, and that's where he makes his money. So you take that away, and I think that this is a very good game for the the Chiefs defense. I think that um, I I wonder if they're going to try and send some more pressure since, you know, he's going to be a little – not one to risk getting hit a whole lot. I think that you could see maybe the dropping eight into coverage again, but that's once again, something I'm very tired of seeing is Justin Houston covering a tight end deep. I'm very tired of seeing Stop it. Bob Sutton. Stop sending Justin Houston to cover a tight end deep. Send someone like Derek Johnson or Pierre Lewis with them send Sorensen with them I don't care stop sending Justin Sorensen or wow wow quit sending Justin Houston on long coverage plays I don't care if you want to put him in a zone here and there you know a short zone fine anything past that do not put him on man especially deep stop it's something that's very frustrating and I want to see more of Justin Houston making quarterbacks lives miserable especially after that Steelers game so um after the game be looking for the uh the tweet on Twitter for you know your your guys's thoughts takeaways uh questions anything you want to say really about the game or this Chiefs team let me know there uh I might come up with a hashtag this week to make it a little easier because some of you guys quote tweet them or uh 
you know, basically just tweet at me. And so it's kind of jumbled all over the place. So the last couple of weeks, I've kind of missed a couple of questions or uh, stuff that I would have normally put on the podcast. So I'm going to try and come up with a hashtag to add in there so that I can make sure to find them all in one place. So be on the lookout for that, especially after the game. Let me know what you guys think on some of the topics that I brought up today. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at StephanNFL. Uh, you can find the Facebook page, another screenplay on Facebook. Uh, so let me know somewhere what you guys think on the topics we discussed today. Uh, what you guys want to hear more about. If you have any questions now, I can ask them or answer them on Twitter or Facebook. So be sure to drop those there. Um, if I get enough, maybe we'll do a kind of mailbag session early next week or over the weekend. Um, but definitely hit me up there and make sure you hit that subscribe button. But this is your last episode before the Raiders game. And like I said, I, I don't think we have much to be concerned about. I think tight ends give us the most, you know, problems, but I'm not, I don't think that the Raiders are using cook to, or I guess the right way. So not worried about that. Not worried really about any part of that Raiders team. I think that this is definitely an opportunity for the Chiefs to put the Raiders in the rearview mirror for good for this season and only have to worry about possibly the Denver Broncos, who in fact just miserably lost to the now, what, one in five Giants? Giants got their first win against the Denver Broncos. So definitely... uh very comical for the rest of the division but uh let me know what you guys think and hit me up on those social medias and basically just let me know what you guys want to talk about and i will have a podcast out after i will record pretty much right after the game i've got to write an article for arrowhead addict right after the game but i'll definitely put out a podcast as well so that come Friday morning for your Red Friday episode, you will have a post Raiders game immediate reaction. So be on the lookout for that and I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you for listening to the Another Screenplay Chiefs podcast over on Blog Talk Radio. If you'd like to get more information regarding your Chiefs, make sure you follow me on Twitter at StephanNFL. You can go to Facebook and find the Facebook page at Another Screenplay or you can go over to Arrowhead Addict and find any of my articles there. Make sure you leave a rating or review and let me know what you guys want to hear from here on out.